This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comics Podcast, Season 14, Episode 15. I'm your host, Ian, and with me I have... This is Steph. And this is Theo. And today, we're going to be covering just one comic and then a billion Greater Gotham. So, let's get through our quick news and then straight to comics. So, briefly, Poison Ivy's getting extended from... A six-issue miniseries to a 12-issue miniseries. They are not doing a seasons one and two. They're just going, continuing the numbering. Um, this is the team of G. Willow Wilson and Marcio Takara, although they are adding an additional artist for the uh, seventh and eighth issues, and then Takara returns for issue nine. I'm not reading this story, so I don't have a whole lot of investment in it, but I know that my co-hosts, at least Theo, are really enjoying it, so that's good news for them. I am reading it because Theo said it gets less something. <laughs> and I guess I'll keep reading. I'm not, like, in love with it, but I'll keep reading. I am uh, really liking it. So, <laughs> yay, two more issues. Wayne Valley Adventures uh, on Webtoons finished up season one. You should check out Steph and I's review on the website. And Red Hood Outlaws began... So there's our second Webtoons bat character-centric storyline. And whereas Wayne Family Adventures was very slice of life, it looks like Red Hood Outlaws is going to be much more dramatic, sort of a story, ongoing storyline. So that looks pretty cool. I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I only read the first one because I haven't had time for Webtoons. And if you know me, you know that my life is too busy right now. But I only read the first one, but Artemis is in it, so I'm excited. Yep, it's Artemis, Bizarro, and Jason, which is the good team. The so, good team. I haven't read it yet, so please respect the Virgin Ears. It's Virgin Ears, but Artemis is in Jason it. is in it, spoilers! <laughs> Take that, Virgin Ears! <laughs> Damn it. Wow. <laughs> Alright, and with that out of the way, we're going to move on to our reviews. We just have Batman number 126. So we'll get started. Batman number 126, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jorge Jimenez. As our story begins, Batman muses about the Bat family, about his team of soldiers who go out to save Gotham. He argues with Robin, Tim Drake, who is back on patrol soon after getting shot in the neck. Batman tells Tim it's too soon, but Tim just jumps from the (laughs) the fire escape and goes to fight crime. Back in the Batcave, Batman is thinking about how he doesn't dream. But the Bat family does, and they deserve to be happy, which is something he can't afford to be. 
As he thinks about the power vacuum that Penguin's death created, he's attacked by a robot. The robot gets the upper hand, and Batman is beaten badly. He orders his car to speed away, using a grapple gun to drag behind it and escape. On the streets, Batman climbs up to his feet and takes a call from Oracle. She's worried about his vitals. He interjects to tell her about the robot, which runs after in pursuit of Batman. Batman engages the mech while Oracle scans it, noting it has a Mazo tech. The mech has Batman on the ground now, and Bruce tries to talk to it in order to stall it. After asking the mech's name, it reveals that it's called Failsafe. Just then, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown, the Batgirls, and Signal, Duke Thomas, engages the machine. Failsafe takes them down, brutally, while Tim Drake Robin escorts Batman to the Batmobile. Inside, Robin straps Bruce in and drives him back to, the, to a different Batcave, where Leslie Tompkins will treat them. Nightwing arrives on his motorcycle, crashing it into the mech and kicking it in the face. However, Failsafe notes that all of the Bat family is tainted and continues beating down the entire Bat family. It steals the Signal's helmet and gains access to Oracle's systems, including the new Batcave. Leslie Tompkins preps a table in the Batcave to operate on Bruce when Failsafe arrives. It tells her she cannot help as Failsafe represents the end of Batman. Meanwhile, Batman has asked Robin to take him to the old Batcave. Robin escorts Batman in, but there comes a point when Batman says he must continue alone. He enters the shadows, strips down, and opens a chest. He notices that Failsafe is an aberration, something he can't remember. Outside in the shadows, Robin calls into Oracle. As he does so, a new voice calls to him. It's the Batman of Zurinar. Bruce's fail-safe personality that has assumed control in a situation even Bruce can't handle. All right, so that was quite a last page, let me tell you. Oh my gosh, yes. So for listeners who may or may not know, uh, the Batman of Zurinar was first seen in, I think, the 60s or 70s and was just a crazy, crazy story. He's got like a red and yellow costume. Um, and it's not even Batman, right? It's an alien? I think so. Yeah. But Grant Morrison brought the Batman of Zurinar back in the storyline Batman R.I.P. as a backup personality when Batman has been mind controlled. So it's a backup plan to his mind. I have to admit, I didn't like Zurinar in R.I.P., but that's partly because I'm not a huge R.I.P. fan. I am excited to see it back. I think it's a really cool idea that there's a gap in Batman's memory, so he needs to go to his backup to see if the gap it, the the hole is filled in in his backup personality. I feel like he should have tried an EMP first. I feel like that would have been an acceptable option on the table before delving into a second personality. Third personality, whatever. Well, I think he probably figured it wasn't going to work since he since it was pretty much known that he knew what failsafe was about so i i guess he pretty much knew that an emp would have failed and it would have just knocked out everything else in the cave i am happy to see zirin r back again and this is someone who's quite a fan of the morrison run i've always 
love those colors in the suit. So I'm happy to see him back. And I got the Zeranar skin for Batman in the DC Legends mobile game. That's pretty funny. So currently or incidentally or... They put it on sale. I don't know if it was a tie into the comic or not, but I bought it. What do you think about Bruce's meditation on his family? This got a lot of commentary on the internet when it came out, and I'm wondering what you guys think. Um, I don't know. I feel like they... I don't don't like it when Bruce says he can't be happy. Like, that's silly. And it's like, I get that that's what he wants for his family. I don't know. I just feel like they put that in there whenever they need Batman to be distant or do something stupid or something, and it's just, I don't know. I just want a happy family. What's Steph said? <laughs> well, say I, I agree. I don't like the idea that Batman can't be happy, but my my perspective is this is the second issue of a run that I'm hoping will go for many years, like two or three years. So I view this as the starting place, the starting point of where Chip Zdarsky wants to start, and it's not a good place because he wants to get to a good place. Yeah. I did, I did, I I read that hoping, I, I read this hoping that, <laughs> that, okay, this is where we are, he's gonna learn families and boring, and you can't do it alone, and it'll be great. What was your favorite part of this issue, this follow-up to the first issue? <gasps> I don't know. I love the art. The art was absolutely fabulous. Tim was just a cutie pie. And, I don't know, I, they did a good job making the stakes, like, or at least that failsafe was like a super threat. Like he just mowed down the Bat family. Like I was really kind of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Oh. So I don't know if I had a favorite part because the whole thing is just seriously tension building, which is what makes that last panel kind of so. <laughs> if you don't know Zornar, it was definitely what the expletive is this? Oh, why does Batman look like a vampire? A 70s vampire? Ah! Um, but, uh, I, I liked, I liked everything but the last panel, and it took me a while to figure out what I was supposed to think about the last panel. I liked the very top first page with the Bat family suiting up from behind. That was pretty cool. I, I was very excited to see Thurner again. Again, it hadn't been around in a long time. Morrison run. Uh, but I got, I got Tower of Babel vibes from just how strong Failsafe was. Again, he just knew everybody's weakness and just blam, 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 mowed through them all. And that was just, woo, fun for me. Just mow them down, move on to the next threat. Bruce, I'm coming for you. What's Tower of Babel? It's one of the first famous stories where Batman reveals, or it is revealed that Batman has plans to take down the Justice League. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, and he basically figured out ways to take out everyone and you know failsafe basically does the same thing here he knows everyone's weakness and just mows through them all i thought that i don't know i just love this issue all the way through i love that opening there's a rhythm to it like just the way he has all the bat family suiting up to go out like it feels really cool and then the the power of the robot is just terrifying like because he takes batman down super fast and then he just mows through Steph and Cass and Signal and um, Nightwing just brutally beats them down and then seeing Leslie again I love Leslie so that was really cool and then of course just seeing Zuranara this just sorry what isn't she 12 now 
<laughs> yes, she is Benjamin Buttoning continuing. <laughs> um, but I just love her, even though I wish they draw her old again. Gr- granted, she does look slightly over older she does. in this issue, and I don't know if it's just how Jorge is drawing her because I can't. She wasn't in. I don't think he's ever drawn her before. Yeah, I I don't remember him because she she didn't appear in JT's run. She, she did was in, in the detective. She was in the annual. She was in the annual with Ghost uh, Clown Hunter. Uh, and she, I think, most recently she was in the Joker back up. Yes, she was at that. And she definitely looked like in her. She mid-30s. looked very young, but that was like six <laughs> different artists, so I don't even know who that was. Yeah, but she she definitely looks slightly older here. She does. I was just not, being silly. Not, she does look. Yeah, not not white hair, Leslie, you know, but... Not 12-year-old Leslie. (laughs) So, yeah, and of course, the art is like Jorge Jimenez. There are not enough words to say just how cool his Batman and his Bat family and the villain looks. They just look amazing. Um, and, and there's full of emotion too. It's not just like action and cool poses. Like there's emotion that he, he gets in his characters and Lugarski works with him really well. Tim is so expressive. Yes. Like I, this is good. This is good writing and good art. And I know it's Batman, but like after Williamson Batman, where they put Howard Porter (laughs) on the book and I'm just sitting here being like, bro, why is this art in Batman? Just reading Jorge Jimenez again, I'm just like, oh, my heart. It's amazing. How do you think Batman's going to get out of this problem? I don't even know. An EMP? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Steph is voting for Team EMP. Team EMP! Uh, you know, or an imp, as they're called. What's an EMP? It's an electromagnetic pulse. It wipes out all circuitry and computers it touches. It will destroy the AI. Oh, you mean an imp. Yeah, I was just about to say. Sounds like he's talking about an imp. Imp? That's not how you say it. That's how most people say it. Um, I don't know. Man, so I'm guessing, I mean... Failsafe activated in the Bat Cave, right? Yep. So it's Batman's thing. So he's probably got, I don't know, an off switch in his brain or something. I don't know. So do we want the Virgin Is variety or do we want. Yes, this is not a spoiler cast. <laughs> well, Virgin we do have cast. to do the Virgin Ear cast, but. This, yeah, cast. This, this is the Virgin Ear cast. Sorry. <laughs> um, edit all that out, Steph. Yes. <laughs> Oh. My theory is definitely going to be Virgin Ears because I came up with my theory and we'll see about that. I don't think I don't think Zernar is going to be the solution and and that's only because we know the arc is going to be continuing. So I don't know. Yeah, this is only the second issue of a six issue arc. Like, yeah, so we know that it's got to be more plot. Yeah, so I don't know something Are you just saying that are you saying that because you don't think they'd do Zuranar for six issues? Oh, I don't think. I, I, don't, I don't think, think they're going to beat the robot in three issues. Yeah. So I, wow. I, I think something's going to have something's going to happen, and it's going to click with Bruce. You know, because right now, you know, we're not we're not talking to Bruce Wayne. You know, we're not seeing Bruce Wayne. You know. Bruce's not going to be here next issue. So I think something's going to happen and, and, you know, Zornar is going to fail and Bruce will have to figure something out again. 
but I was chatting with people on the forums, and they were like, I bet the Justice League is going to come. And I'm like, I don't think so, because I, I generally think the Justice League stays out of Gotham. You know, this is my city. And the last time the Justice League did show up was at the beginning of Tom King's run, and Gotham handed them their butts. So, I don't know. I think that Batman's going to have to figure something out. I think that he's going to use Zero and R to find, like, the next step of the the mystery. I mean, I think he's going to... I think Zadarcy's going to structure this as, like, an action mystery where Batman has to figure out what's going on. And Zero and R is a piece, a clue, but he's not going to be the solution. So... I think that somehow the Bat family and Batman are going to have to unravel the mystery. And I don't think that the Justice League will show up. It, it, it makes me wonder. I'm, I'm assuming failsafe, you know, being that it activated within the cave, failsafe, I guess, is the contingency for Batman. You know, he tells Leslie, you know, I'm the end of Batman. It, you know, and, and again, going back to my Tower Babel vibes, you know, the question was asked, you know, you got these contingencies for us. What's the contingency for you? And, and we have an answer for that now. And and it A looks big like honking robot. Who yeah, just and it looks like failsafe is, is that contingency because he's just mowing through everything and everyone, Bruce puts in front of them it whatever all right let's move on to our backup um this is also written by chip zadarsky um but the art is by balin ortega in burnside catwoman tracks down her last lead from the story where she's trying to find penguin's children because his will is going to be read soon for the past two weeks she's tracked down literal dead ends all of penguin's children have been murdered and the last one represents her one shot at finding someone for the executor robot to transfer Oswald Cobblepot's wealth to. This last child is Ethan Cobblepot from the Batgirl arc, son of Penguin, appropriately enough. But Ethan is the middle of being murdered. Catwoman intervenes, but the Ethan ends up in a coma. At the executor's office, Addison and Aiden Cobblepot enter. They show their claim to Penguin's estate by proving a DNA connection. The executor reads Penguin's will, which states that his money goes to a bird sanctuary. Addison and Aiden inherit the Iceberg Lounge, which infuriates the daughter. As the two leave, Selina notices the cufflinks that Aiden is wearing, which are the same as the man who attempted to murder Ethan. After the siblings leave, executor tells Selina that her payment is in her account. She will also get the contract information information to the mothers of Penguin's children so she can donate her share to them. Lena asks for a final address, and we're to assume she means the address of Addison and Aiden. Or is it? What do you think Zdarsky is doing with this backup? Because it's, it's a considerably less um, intense story than the, the main story, which is just full-out, just action. But clearly, he's playing with it. Like, he, he revealed important consequences to what happened in the main story so he's trying to play these two stories back and forth what do you think he's doing here with this catwoman story well i think he's trying to keep catwoman on the brain which i approve of 
hopefully the backup will have something to do with something <laughs> and that the two storylines will intersect somehow. I'd really think I'd like that. And it would be, I don't know, I think it would be interesting if you're coming from two completely different roads, like one being Batman's having the daylights beat out of him and his butt handed to him on a platter and while Catwoman's just like, la, 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 oops, dead kid, la, 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 oops, dead kid. <laughs> um... So I'd like to see the stories intersect, and I think it is a nice, I don't know, it's kind of like having a light dessert after a heavy dinner. It, it, I think it would be a bit much for this to be as heavy as the main issue, so I'm glad this one is a little lighter, because it just makes it a little easier to consume and read after the intense issue that we just had. I think after having, after having things intersect, in that first issue where, you know, Penguin dies and then, you know, we get to the backup and Selena picks up from it with looking for his kids. I think Chip is now starting to pull us, at least in the backup, away from the main story and leading us to another. And I know Ian and others have mentioned many times that we think that at some point we're going to get a crossover and he might be using the avenue of the backup to get us there. Again, we had that connection at the beginning of the first issue of the run and with the backup, he's pulling us further away from that story, but pulling us closer to another that will probably eventually will get as a main story. Tell me I'm right, Ian. Tell me I'm right. I would really like that because that way you don't have to worry about which order you need to read them in or is Catwoman and Batman really lining up and, oh, there were discrepancies, blah, blah, blah. But when you have it all in one book, you have full control over what you're showing. I I certainly hope you're right. I think that uh, Zdarsky is trying to really develop his vision of Gotham and what's going on. And... This is also taking place over a longer period of time. Like, the main Batman book... Well, I guess there was that time skip, because Tim has recovered enough from his gunshot injury from the last issue. So it's like a couple of weeks. So I don't know, maybe they are still running parallel. I take back what I said. But yeah, and then having it culminate to a crossover, an actual crossover, like Theo said, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I still think that we're going to get the announcement of the crossover at New York Comic Con this fall, and it's going to start in January, and it's going to be Batman, Detective, and Catwoman, and one of those is going to suck. All right. How do you feel about <laughs> Ethan Colopot showing up again? Wait, wait. You want to give us a hint at which one is going to suck? It's going to be Catwoman. I was going to say Poor Teeny Howard can't get no love from you. No, Ram B is on, on Detective. Oh, that's right. Poutine, you can't get no love for Ian from Ian. That's right. Although it's going to be interesting in Greater Gotham. Um, what was your question? Oh, uh, I did for you too. I know nothing about Ethan Cobblepot. Did you read some of Penguin, no. Theo? Oh, Theo. Uh, I read it, but if you put a gun to my head to draw it out of my memory, you'd probably be pulling the trigger. <laughs> it is extremely forgettable um, <laughs> and really boring and stupid and I did not like it um, I thought it was kind of funny that he gets brought back and then they just stick him in a coma but see I think that's fine it's like okay look 
We did pay attention to the history. It's not a rich history. We're going to treat it with the respect it deserves. At least it's not a penguin had sex with a cute, uh, penguin, an actual yeah, so penguin. At least not that. And at least it's not like an established, loved, or at least famous character that they, they, then you just kill off for no reason. Like I mean, Ethan anarchy. sucked. He was a terrible character. So him being put in a coma is just like... But the thing is, like Addison and Aiden are clearly also terrible. So it's not like oh, yeah. we're getting an upgrade. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very curious. I, I I like that it's a gentler story, so I don't feel like I've run a marathon after reading the book. It's like, like after reading the main story, I was just like, <gasps> <gasps> but then like the backup allows me to sort of calm down. I'm like, ah, here's a detective story, and there's a mystery going on. Mm-hmm. So I like that. It's you know contrast, but it's contrast that I enjoy both parts. Like sometimes the backups, I just Sometimes it's like the the Williamson run where I like love the backups because it's Gotham Academy and I hate the main story. And sometimes it's like, you know, I love the main story, but the backups are terrible. This is a case where they're both really strong and there's enough connection that I see why they're in the same book, you know? Mm-hmm. So all in all, I'd like to do ratings out of five children of Penguin. <laughs> well, but he had dead, ten. So, was... so that's, no, that's three who are alive. But, but, but he had ten. You know, that's kind of... <laughs> I will give it four. I think it was very well crafted and intense. I will give it a four to five. Ooh. I just love that last page of the uh, of the main story. I'm getting it a four or five. Um, <gasps> the art and the intensity just really sucked me in. And the way he talked... The, the way he's dealing with the Bat family, I just think is really cool. Like, I love seeing them involved. I love the way Jorge draws them. And it's just really cool. So I, I really like this issue. And the backup was gorgeous. And it feels integral. It feels like a, a really, a, a real story, not just like a waste of pages, like so, some backups are. So you, you, so you then, you then open up this can of worms. So you, you and we kind of, we kind of mentioned this on the server this oh well. this, this i guess this controversy and again i i didn't hear about it but oh what controversy with those who complained about the idea of bruce calling the family soldiers oh yeah what yeah i i remember i saw this on the internet like a bunch of people were super mad they're like oh chips and Darcy's going back to frank miller batman where the Robins are just soldiers and he doesn't care about them. And I'm like, number one, yes, he does use the language of soldiers, but like he clearly loves his family. He talks about how much he cares about them and he wants them to be happy. Like I don't, this is not, I'm not, I'm not dissing Frank Miller, Batman, except for Asbar. That's, that's terrible. But like year one and dark Knight returns. That's a masterpiece. Uh, it may not be my favorite. I mean, year one's my favorite, but dark Knight returns is not, but I don't think that Zdarsky is trying to make us think that Bruce is that cold or that cynical. I think he's just, he thinks of himself as a soldier in a war on crime and he's got fellow soldiers, but that doesn't mean he doesn't care about that. Um, have y'all seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes. Do you know well, the Soldier Boy song? Oh my gosh, oh my God. why are Listen, you breaking friend, my heart? You can't say calling someone a soldier is like dehumanizing them. Like, no. <laughs> they're maybe his little soldiers, but they're his babies. 
I, I feel like the people who said that were not reading carefully or very contextually. I feel like they were just reacting to the word. They're looking for keywords to, to cancel. Yeah, it's, it's just not very sensitive or careful reading. What do you think, Theo? I, I just think people find stuff to fuss about. And <laughs> I don't know, it's just you can be family and soldiers at the same time. It, it, yes, it, yes. I, just, I, Give it I think I think our our podcast has consensus on this issue. <laughs> Give it we grip, do not folks. agree with the complainers. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it's it's Batman is fighting a war on crime in Gotham, and to fight that war, yes, he needs soldiers, but he loved his soldiers as a family, no less. You Absolutely. Know, he he calls the Robins his sons. Uh, get a grip, folks. Please. All right. So over on the website, Scott gave this issue a four, which gives us an overall score of 4.19 and a mode of four. And I will I would like to point out that I did not create the mode this time. It's all Scott and Steph's fault. Well, so I didn't go higher than a four because one, I still don't really understand Zornar. I mean, that's okay. But two, I feel like the things I had issues with are going to be fixed in the future. Like his This is the beginning of a this story. This is the beginning, yep. And it's just it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. And it's starting high, so I'm excited. Yep. I just hope that he sticks to line. I think he will, but like this is really high. I like my I'm just enjoying this so much. I just wanna keep enjoying it. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a 13-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TBU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, uh, let's move on to Greater Gotham. Where we have... 21 books to talk Three about. weeks. All right. Starting with Batman Beyond Year... Bleh, wow. Batman Beyond New Year number five. The second to last issue. Thumbs up. I'm enjoying this series. Abstain. After, I, I just gave up on it after the first issue, so there was no going back. Thumbs up. I'm actually also enjoying this. and I, I, I feel weird because I really didn't want to, but I am enjoying it. Harry has a beard now. <laughs> and weird, like, sticks on his, like, tape on his face to prevent people from, uh, prevent the AI from recognizing him. Yeah. Um, Batman Killing Time number six, the end of Tom King's miniseries that ties into the Batman movie. Thumbs up, but I'm, I'm going to have to reread it because I don't think I understood what was going on. It's just killing time. 
Oh, no, thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it was an abstain for me, and, and I guess part of it is because I've dibbled and dabbled and skipped issues and didn't read the whole thing from start to finish, and I have no plans on it because it's Tom King, and I think Tom King just needs to stay away from Batman for a while. And this last issue in particular, it did bring everything together. And so if you haven't been reading, it definitely would be very confusing. It's definitely getting a thumbs up for me. I, uh, again, I didn't think I would like this. And I do think it's like it's it's a good story, but I don't think it like has the same heart that a lot of Tom King stuff does that I like. But man, that David Marquez art is amazing. And the plotting is really like gripping. Like it, it gets you. And the reveal of why he does certain things is a really fun one. Batman White Knight presents Red Hood number one of two. You know what? I gave it a thumbs up, but I don't, I didn't like the art and it wasn't like the art itself is that I think things weren't shown very well. And so like an action would happen or something would happen. And I wasn't quite sure what had happened because the art didn't quite show it well, but I think overall I liked it. Thumbs up. I, I enjoyed the reveal of the new Robin. Yeah. She reminded me a lot of um, of um, what's her name in the Hawkeye show. Kate. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I'm going to give this a neutral. I still am not super on board with John Murphy's uh, writing. It's just not my thing. I like the art okay, but I don't know. I just kind of felt kind of mad about it, so I'm giving it a neutral. I'm just going to say we're going to talk about Harley Quinn 18, 19, and 20 all at once. Please do. Oh, am I going first? Um, oh, so if I have to average what my opinion wants, then thumbs down. If they had called it Suicide Squad, and if they hadn't called the main black team leader Luke Fox, it would have been a fine story. It would have been a very passable, just normal story. But they didn't. They called it Harley Quinn, and they called him Luke Fox, and those are both garbage titles for this story. I am assuming that this is an abstain for you, Theo. Abstain. <laughs> Times three. I'm going to say this is a neutral. The first issue was kind of a thumbs down for me because there's just a bunch of really stupid stuff. I agree with Steph completely. This is not a good Luke Fox at all. It doesn't even feel like Luke in a lot of ways. There's a lot of just clunky, clunky dialogue. I still wait, like the wait, way she writes so Harley as this, a character. Wait, is this Luke Fox or is this not Luke Fox? There, no, it's it, not Luke Fox. It's technically Luke Fox, but it's not Luke Fox if you're a fan of the character. Oh, God. See, and, you know, I wonder why I don't read anything pertaining to Harley Quinn. Oh, hey. and then I realized today, because I've only been, you know, reading as much as I had to, I realized that Sam is on the team, and it's like, this girl should be in prison for mass murder and framing of Harley Quinn. Why is she on this team? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Do you all submit hmm? yourself to this crazy whack-a-mole of a story so you get what you deserve no i, I know just i just, had some just, i had a few minutes before we started the cast and i was like oh, just, oh i guess i'll read it it is a quick read so follow follow the mouse let it go <laughs> let it go poison ivy number three uh neutral but i'm still going to keep reading she didn't kill anybody Exactly. Thumbs up. So we've gone <laughs> from a bunch of people getting killed to uh, a few people getting killed and a bunch of people getting set up to be killed 
to nobody getting killed. She is getting her salvation story. And we get two extra issues. What a resounding endorsement. I'm going to give it a big no thumbs because I didn't read it. Sword of Azrael, Dark Knight of the Soul. Now, this is really just the Urban Legends. Um, It's all collected in one issue, which I like because I didn't buy Urban Legends. um, So I can buy this. It's much cheaper. Um, We're not going to rate it because we already rated that story as part of our discussion of that. But uh, it was out. So I wanted to let people know that's what it was. Uh, We also have the Sword of Azrael, number one of six miniseries um, by the same team that did that Urban Legends story. Um, Anyone else read this or is it just me? So was the reprint the one where he's working at the hospital? Yes. Okay, that one didn't suck. But no, I, really I didn't. Read. I, I, really I did. I didn't read either of them. Theo, <laughs> is this also an abstain for you? Oh God, I hate Israel. <laughs> oh man, I, I, John I Paul's this. my boy. No, Why am I, I the only I hate, person? I hate this. I hate this iteration of Israel. As that's, I'm I'm there for it, but. I just love the the torment. Like he's this gentle, gentle man who's torn by rage and violence that he can't control, and he's working so hard to control it. So it's a big thumbs up for me. Also, just really love the art. It's really dynamic, and I really find it appealing. Batgirls number nine. I said neutral. I think is yeah. Trend it down, isn't it? Trend it down, isn't it? It's getting no, worse. I don't, it's getting worse. Don't <laughs> it, even worse. Even look, worse. It, she doesn't even remember. Well, I remember. I remember there was this guy that Steph thought was a baddie, and then he was totally not a baddie, and then he dies, and she feels real bad about it. But <laughs> yeah, I like that part. Also, yeah. that's, that's, that's Steph that takes a, a bath on the on the rooftop. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I, I just um, don't. And I there's a new artist, which it. is really. Yes, the art was nice. So is, is this is this a new new artist again? So yep. they, oh, new new artist. See, I just I can't, I can't. I I want to love. I want to love. Just give me, just give me, Sadowski's and and Ram V's rendition of Cass and Babs and Steph and I'll call it the day. Put them on the outsiders. I'll take that and I'll just. <laughs> But I just can't. Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad have just ruined me with that book. I just. I'm liking it better. It doesn't irk me as much as it did at the beginning. You don't sound too. You don't sound too convincing. (laughs) (laughs) Batman Urban Legends number eighteen. I give it a thumbs up, but that's coming more from where it had been. The. The Outsider story is fantastic. Yeah, Outsider oh. story is across the board. Hold huge up. Huge thumbs up. Hold up. I will only say, wait, Steph, Steph, can I get some nice, mellow music right here? I will. Thank you. Marie Javins, I need, I need to have a heart-to-heart with you. You know, we ask for a lot here at TBU, and typically we don't get it. Sometimes we do. But this, I, I have to ask for, and, and I know you listen. You know, you're a big fan of ours, and so I just, for us, for all of us, at least for me, please, for all that is well 
and it's good. Please give us a Brandon Thomas outside the story. We, we do ask for a lot and we don't get it, but give us this. I implore you, give us Brandon Thomas on, on the outsiders and I'll be happy for once. I won't jump out of my first floor window. I won't shave my cat, even though his legs have been shaved already. I, I will buy multiple copies. I will read that, girls. Please just give us, give us the Brandon Thomas on the outside. Thank you. Ongoing, not miniseries. He deserves it. It is a crime that this story is stuck in urban legends. It is. It is so frustrating. I just. Uh, it's it, such a good story, but the rest of the product is not very good. <laughs> let, let me let me just tell you. And again, this is coming from. So this is regular Theo back. <laughs> this, this is coming from one of the biggest Duke Thomas haters ever. And if you follow me on the cast before, if you followed me on the website, if you followed me on the server, you know, in my hate of, of newly created Scott Snyder characters, it was Harper Rowe and Duke Thomas. Brandon Thomas has succeeded where everyone else has failed. That includes James Tynan, that includes Brian Edward Hill, and everyone else who have touched Duke Thomas. He has figured a way to give this guy a voice that people care for. And I say that as one of the biggest Duke Thomas haters there's ever been. I absolutely love the voice he gives this character. And he's been doing it since Future State. As Steph said, it is a crime, but it's not that it's a crime that it's in urban legends. It is a crime that this has not been a series already because the voices that he not only gives to Duke, but to the other members of the outside. It, it's, it's, it's just a crime that we're not getting this on a regular basis. We're getting stuck with all this other crazy stuff. And, and this is, packed in with the garbage that is urban legends and it's wrong and yeah it's a crime if if i don't see an announcement i've in solicitations about the end of this this story of a of an outsider series or mini series or what have you i am really going to scream at the top of my lungs and it's just a crime i really appreciate that like he's not creating a new duke thomas like we also like duke thomas in uh white knight but that was a completely different character this is not only like the same character he's got the same story arc he has the same issues the whole this whole issue is about what joker did to duke's mom which is like the only thing he really has going for him and it's so well done (laughs) it's so good Unlike every other time they've Unlike touched this terrible plot line. Other time. So, but yeah, the Etrigan story was whatever. If you like Etrigan, it was a story. <laughs> I don't understand the Pennyworth story. I thought it was young Pennyworth. And then I realized, no, this is like modern 
Alfred, and why is he doing these things by himself? And what is he doing? And that so that was just confusing. And then the Tim story. The art didn't make it better either. The art did not make it better. And then and then the Robin story was it was fine. It was it was a cute little Robin story. Whatever. Racist, not fit smart. I I would have paid the same amount just for the outsider story. It was that good. It is a crime he doesn't have a regular series. A crime. Come on, DC. Brandon Thomas for Batman and the Outsiders. I mean, hell, even even the Batman story in black and white was just chef's kiss. I mean, he just he just gets it when it comes to writing, and it's just wrong he's not on a regular book. And then there was the Bonnie and Clyde story that tried to justify crime. I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Deceased War of the Undead Gods number one, or Deceased three. Thumbs up. Superman is saved. They have a cure. And now the gods are infected. The new gods are infected and they're coming to kill us all. (laughs) I will only say I was a little bit confused with how Kara gets to New Genesis. So I late. think it's just an alternate retelling of Kara's story. Uh, yeah, that that was. I guess that's what it is, and that that kind of threw me off. But as happy as I was to see Clock walk through the boom tube, saying "Madam President," I just felt so so sad for Alfred. Yeah. Once yeah. Damien gets back and he realizes he he killed his sons, you know, when there was actually a chance that they could have been saved. Mm-hmm. But, but, but thumbs up for me. Future State Gotham number 16. Wait, you didn't give it a rating? Thumbs up! Wait, you didn't give it a rating? What was your rating for I did, I said neutral. Oh, you said yes. neutral? I didn't hear that. He, he said it really quiet. We were too excited. We didn't hear right. it. Yeah. Thumbs we, up, but even I'll admit it's going off the rails now. Wait, what, what, Dumb what, as heck. What are we on? What are we on? Future State Gotham. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Death's favorite book. Really. It's my favorite book. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. Oh, yeah. I love it. And Ian has to review it. <laughs> Only for two more issues. Uh, thumbs, thumbs down? Way down. Thumbs way down. Uh, big F thing for me. I'm not... I, I, <laughs> I, I seriously, I was done with that book after I'm Batman six six six. Oh, you'd love this one. It it featured a lot of uh, Dick's fantastic costume. Dick, I don't understand what uh, he's too high on the drugs. <laughs> the he's costume. like, I'll get out of you. Costume is terrible. <laughs> Whoever designed that needs to be fired. <laughs> I am Batman number twelve. Thumbs up. This was an actual like detective story. I I I moderately enjoyed it. I give it a thumbs up, but I think it's a tease because I think if I continue reading this book, I'm going to get disappointed again. <laughs> yeah, I'm going neutral. It had some good elements, but also still frustrating elements. So I'm just stuck in neutral. Nightwing number 95. Um, what happened in Batman? Oh, no, that was uh, a thumbs up. That was Teen thumbs Titans up. and Matt only showed up. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was thumbs up. Very exciting. <laughs> I'm a little conflicted on this because really? again, it's Tom Teller, and typically, 
all things Tom Taylor are all things good. <laughs> but I don't know. Something something seemed off. And I don't know if it was the just how quickly Blockbuster took. I don't know. It's just I understand Dick sacrificing himself for the ki- for the kids to save their lives, but it just I don't know. The way how all of that went down just I don't know if it didn't just sit well with me, drew me for a loop. I don't know. It just I don't know. However, that panel with the Titans and the family all being in that was awesome. So I'll go neutral trending up. Yeah. Is that neutral kinda, for me. Oh, it's always, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it's not thumbs down for you. Well, I did give a thumbs up to the last issue. You did. So, um, oh, yeah, we marked that down. <laughs> On the day. Batman the Night number eight. Thumbs up. But <laughs> I was telling Ian this earlier. I, it's my least favorite of them. But I don't for the life of me remember why. <laughs> But I think it's just, I think it's the bait and switch. Like they set up Ghostmaker to be the baddie. And then he was taking care of Bruce, even though they left on such bad terms. I didn't quite, I don't know. I didn't quite get that. Although I guess a sociopath, is he sociopath or a psychopath? I forget which one. But He's a sociopath. He can still have friends. But. I don't know. I think that threw me off, and I really didn't like the dude. Like, I get that there was philosophy, and I appreciate what he was doing, but it, he was my least favorite tutor, again. So, it's not saying well, it's bad. He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. And again, so not saying the, not saying it was bad. It was still wonderful. This is still the best book that's out there. I'm just saying, of the... How many? Uh, eight of ten. Out of the eight, this is my least favorite of the eight. Yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I was not a fan of the teacher this time. What's his name again? Dr. Caputo? Capito? Might have as well been Dr. Evil. Yeah. I I understand the methods, but God, Zadowski did a good job of making him a character that you really hated. Mm -hmm. But I do love the setup for them meeting Ross. So that is going to be fun. That's true. That's true. I actually got a little upset because he's like, I guess my mission is done. I was like, what? You haven't even met Ross yet. What do you mean your mission's done? Oh, he doesn't know Ross. But he's about to. He's about to. And he probably gets to meet the daughter, well, too. Really love the art by Carmine Di Domenico. Carmine Di Domenico. Really love... The writing by Zdarsky, and I'm really hoping, and I say this every time, but I'm really hoping that it ties into the main run. Okay, so I got X. And this is me, just my crazy mind going places. So in these last two issues, we get, well, at least in this next issue, but I'm, I'm assuming the series is going to close out with Ross and Dean and, and all that good stuff. Do you think it's possible that he retcons Damien's origin. I am it, curious about that. I am it, very curious about that. Because I mean, when you look at Bruce's age now, you know he's 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 what 
early 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 20s Mm-hmm. So it's it's possible. Never be more than twenty five. No, so I'm wondering if within these last two issues, because you can't meet Roz without meeting Talia. So I'm wondering if at some point during this meeting that we get a new origin of Damien's well, fertilization. What, what's the current? I just can. <laughs> is he a test tube? Extremely confusing. Is it that weird test tube baby thing with all the baby clones? That's my understanding, but everything with rebirth and infinite frontier, I don't know if they have to do that anymore because they had to do that because they shrank the timeline to five years, so he had ah. to be sped up. But rebirth and infinite frontier have expanded the timeline again, so it's possible he's back to the Morrison origin. How old was he in the Morrison origin? Uh, he mean? was Batman already, right? Yeah, he was Batman. Because he was basically adapting the son of the demon, but, like, wrong. He forgot parts of it. <laughs> he, forgot, he forgot a lot of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so... But, but it, it would I, I am be also very curious about that. Yeah, it would be interesting if, if, if we get a new... I mean, because right now, Damien is 14. And... That could make it easier to rewrite his his birth and and how he came to be. It could, it could. I that would be really bold. That would be a very bold move by Zdarsky. But but I, but see, it's not something that he's not known to do either. Yes, he's known to do some bold stuff. So, and I wouldn't be like upset, especially if he retcons the uh, the date rape, because that would that would get so many things out of the way you know and if they're really trying to hype up talia or make her a bigger part of the thing of the canon story whatever universe um yeah uh uh, fixing her character a bit to be less skeezy would be nice i'm fine yeah if he wants to retcon i'm i'm good with that catwoman number 46 did i say thumbs up hold on i gotta see what i wrote uh, neutral, but there was a lot of Batcat stuff in there. I should probably give it a thumbs up just out of loyalty. <laughs> loyalty to a story that's not in canon. Loyalty to my favorite aesthetic, Batman and Catwoman. I'll change I, it. Thumbs up. I give this a neutral, which is an improvement. That um, is definitely an improvement. Mark this down, Steph. So, so this is I. So I spent my last night writing my review, and the bat cat stuff was was good, and the Ico cat stuff was also good. The Valmont stuff is still weak. Catwoman's plans are still idiotic. She's still a moron in this run, but the emotional stuff is much better in this run. And I don't know. I am still hating this run so much but there was well done stuff in this issue so is the holly and the uh red what's her name all that's done with yeah well for now i'm sure she's gonna bring them back into bringing her up like red claw i think has been mentioned in every issue oh i hated that so much it was so bad and so stupid and i hate it have i mentioned i hate it Batman Superman world's finest number six end of the first arc neutral this was a Dick Grayson ignores the space-time continuum. Also, apparently, finding people trapped in time and space 
is like takes five seconds for Superman. <laughs> it was really, it was, this is a filler episode issue if ever I read one. Wait, what story are we doing here? This is Batman Superman World's Finest, and in the pat in the previous issues, Dick got lost in time and space, and Kara didn't know where she lost him. I think it was Kara. I don't know the Supergirls, and um, so Batman and Superman went and found him, <laughs> and that was it. And then he solved some Dick solved some circus mystery. It was really, I mean, it was cute, but one, it wasn't Dan Mora, so having a Dick centric episode or issue not illustrated by Dan Mora was just lame and then you know the story was just filler whatever neutral um it's an abstain for me i i feel and i said this before we started recording i something tells me i have to read this no no i haven't read robin yet but trust me if you have to read it then there's something wrong with that robin story i mean i'm sure there's something wrong with the robin story but there's been one issue, one panel, and one issue that's had anything to do with anything. And if you have any questions, I'll try to answer them for you. You don't have to read it. It's there's silly. Okay. okay. I also abstain. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, Batman, One Bad Day, The Riddler, aka The Killing Riddle. The Killing Riddle. Oh my gosh. So stupid. Look, they caught him on camera. In the middle of the day, surrounded by witnesses and having confessed to it of killing the dude in cold blood. He should have been executed, sent to trial and executed. That should, and that should have been the end. I don't understand why they just let him sit in prison and taunt people and murder people. Like, it's, ugh, it's the worst story. It was stupid. The art was great. The art was fantastic. Was you all know how I said not too long ago that... Tom King needs to stay away from Batman books. This is another reason why this story was dumb. The ending was dumber. I am I am praying, although Ian has gotten my hopes down, but I am praying that all of the other One Bad Day stories don't end up like this. I don't need the killing joke from the eyes of other members of the Rogues Gallery. I don't want it. I don't need it. And I say that as a fan of the killing joke. But this story was dumb. Dumb like really like really 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 Okay. So I mean okay so hold on. So I didn't like like the 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 s- s- schematics. No, cinematics. The no the visuals. No, the like the real the realism of f- crime fighting. Whatever. This guy should have been arrested and thrown in prison to rot, or or sentenced to life, or executed, or just accidentally murdered in police custody. Something like that, right? So, but I think that I liked the. S- Horror. I mean, if you're going for psychopath Riddler, which it feels like the current rendition of Riddler is psychopath Riddler. So if you're going for that, the the stuff when he was a kid, I I thought that was well done. I thought it was an interesting transition to the Riddlerness from not liking the riddles. I thought that was good, and I thought Riddler was very menacing. But he's one that's not Riddler. That's that's Snyder Riddler, and it's. He's a psychopath. And two, they would just kill him. (laughs) 
Why did you just put him in prison? Why is why are they letting him going around killing people? I don't understand. Because they're scared. Uh, they're scared because he knows everything. And if you arrest me, then I'm gonna kill your family. I'm gonna get but out. But he got rid of his goons. I don't understand. He doesn't need them because all I gotta do is just I know where you live. I know where your family are, and. I'll get out. I'll find But I know where I'll your heart kill. is. It's right there. Bam. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, so let's ask the question that needs to be asked. Does Batman kill him? Well, I'd like to hear what Ian has to say about it. Oh, Ian didn't then, say anything? Yeah. Probably because he hates it as much as I do. <laughs> I don't hate it as much as you do. I do think Steph is 100% right. It's a very dumb story. I said it was Rid dumb, too. Riddler's... Like, the whole point is, like, Riddler is supposed to be super smart, but the way he's written is just, like, magic. It's not intelligence. Mm -hmm. It's magic. He, it's magic. He talks through soundproof walls. Like, that's not smart. That's just magic. Mm -hmm. He he says, I will escape and kill everyone. Okay, but what's your contingency? Like, this... Uh, I don't like how intelligence is written. This is, like, BBC Sherlock season four levels of stupid. Tom doesn't like um, you talking about him like that. He's supposed to be his fan. I will say so. Oh, here it comes. I'm not a huge Mitch Garrods fan, but it's his art works pretty well here. I, like I really love the texture of this story. Like, there's a rhythm to it. I like the way that Tom King sprinkles in the origin, and it sort of like it builds to the climax. And I think it's well done. There's good emotion there. I just I agree with Steph. Like the way the Riddler, the the way he he acts is is. Like, dumb smart. Like, it's just magic smartness. Yeah. Like, that's not how intelligence actually works. Has Tom um, King done a story as of late that wasn't done in a nine-panel a nine panel grid? Uh, I don't think the Superman Worlds Without a Justice League was nine panels. I didn't read that. Oh, it was really good. Like, I really liked it. But, I mean, I'm a Tom King fan. But of I thought course. it was really good. Was Killing it, Time nine panel? No. It, it was very, it was actually mostly long, skinny panels. Yeah. I like that one. I thought it was a few issues. I could have sworn either that first or second issue had some nine panels. Oh, there's some, but it's oh, not like yeah. mostly. Like this one was like mostly, but Killing Time wasn't mostly nine panels. I, pref I prefer Christopher Priest's nine panels. Or, well, I mean, eight Chris Priest is just amazing. And everyone should eight be Eight panels reading Black in the Adam Black Square. I haven't read Black Adam yet. Is it good? It's really good. All right, so let's talk about the ending. So I'm going to give this a rating of neutral. I can't say thumbs up because I didn't love it, but I really liked parts of it, so it's going to be a neutral. The ending, I feel like King basically says that Batman kills the Riddler. Like, yeah. that's how I feel he's ending it. Do you guys agree? Because I just can't see a way that he has another ending. So we have to go, and unfortunately, this is not good for us but we have to go to the title which is one bad day and what was the point of the original one bad day it was to make gordon lose his mind which actually they talk about that in the yeah story. there's actually a lot of killing joke references yeah, in this uh, story like which direct... is one of the texture things i like like i think it weaves in details that are interesting and so uh where was i going with that i'm getting a migraine not because of the story. <laughs> but, so, I honestly don't remember what I was trying to say. Well, you were talking about how... Were you talking about... Um, oh, did he kill him? Right, did he kill yeah, him? Did he kill so, him. and I feel like the whole thing about Killing Joke was it pans away, 
and Joker stops laughing, and you kind of have to make your own decision, right? And so they made it canon, and so they said, no, he didn't kill Joker, he's fine. And I feel like this is the same way, and it's kind of like, who is your Batman? Is your Batman someone <laughs> who would put up with all this garbage and continue to stick to his rule? I don't think Batman would have put up with this garbage in the first place. Because if Riddler's so smart he's doing all this, Batman would have figured it out. Or is your Batman someone who has a strong sense of justice and realizes that if this guy keeps living, innocent people would keep dying. And he'll do what it has to be done to stop this evil from living. So... I think you're supposed to pick from those two Batman and make your own decision. I think it's the third Batman who would never put up with all that bull hockey in the. I, I do also want to say one thing that keeps it in the neutral as opposed to a thumbs down is the scene where he comforts the wife of the man the Riddler kills at the beginning. That's that Bruce that, Wayne that was a love. touching piece. Like yeah. that's Bruce Wayne. That's a Batman I love. Cause, and so that's why I don't give it a full thumbs down. But that and and that was the point where. Bruce figures out, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, and I think, I think this is a Batman that kills him. So I think he gets there and just snap, snap, you know, so. And yeah, that, I don't that, see another way. Like, I, I'm kind of annoyed that he ends in an ambiguous way because, like, really, that's what that plan would lead to. Like, yeah, there, there I, is I think no the one way out. The one bad right. day here was, was for Batman, not Batman, for, right. That was actually brain is that if this series is called one bad day is every single issue gonna be batman's one bad day and if it is i am not looking forward to this yeah we'll, this we'll have to see rough. now the interesting thing is this is in my opinion this is clearly in the future like gordon is super super old and this is clearly he's like kind of long... chunky what he's kind of chunky yeah kinda like chunky. and all the solicitations for the other one bad days indicate that it takes place in the future too not like in the batman beyond future but like batman is getting close to 50 future riddler's dad looks just like red foreman from that 70s show <laughs> a lot of people are saying that mitch garrett seemed to use a lot of like actors, actors as reference yeah. in this anyway okay so i wanted to get that off my chest i i toyed with asking us to do a full review but we did a really good discussion here i think it's worth thinking about. It's a well-crafted comic, but there's a lot of problems with this one. We'll see how it goes on going forward with the other seven. Man, I hope Mariko Tamaki knocks it out the park. I really don't want to hate that book. Now, I'm just going off of reading the list once, but I thought that... I thought I remembered that the dude who played Riddler was writing the Riddler story. Is he writing a different Riddler story? Yes. Yes, he's writing a prequel to the movie called Riddler okay. Year One. Okay, never mind. Okay. I, so that I is a thing that's happening. It's not this story. It's not this story. Okay. I don't know. I thought, I, at I, one point, I thought these stories were going to be in continuity, and I don't know if it was because of. Yeah, the I thought so too. But like, this doesn't feel continuity to me. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing I will say you know, that keeps this from being a a complete thumbs down for me. I hate Riddler. Mm -hmm. I hate Riddler stories. I don't like it when Batman's just like, "Ooh, I got to solve this puzzle and do what the villain wants me to do." I'm like, that's stupid as heck. I hate those stories. So I appreciate that this wasn't that story. I don't think that the story it ended up being was super satisfying, but I appreciate that they were trying to do something different with Riddler because I hate Riddler stories. All right. That brings us to the end of our episode. And let me read our supporters from Patreon. Uh, if you support us at a certain level on Patreon, we read your name on the podcast. So here we go. 
Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Rob O, Jim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Stephanie Mouse, Donovan Morgan Graham, Dan Scrave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. Thank you all for supporting. You help us keep our archive up, keep our show going. We hope that you're enjoying it as much as we are. So this has been Ian. This is Jeff. And this is Theo. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And I'm assuming Nightwing fans would be upset because they're showing this no back butt. and now this butt. Just no tell, butt. If they complain, just tell them to pick up the swimsuit edition. <laughs> Wait, does it have a butt? I thought that was an abs one. Uh, oh God, it has everything. It's got his everything. Oh my goodness, hammock. I gotta see this. The banana hammock. <laughs> what you call this, Steph? It's a banana hammock. Women have over-the-shoulder boulder holders, and men have banana hammocks. Or what is it? Budgies? Oh, oh! in, in Australia, they're called budgie smugglers. <laughs> budgie smugglers. <laughs> like the little bird budgie smugglers. <laughs> I regret every part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is All definitely right, going to be this is definitely going to be the outtake.